Welcome to the Mission LHC podcast, where you'll hear real conversations with a married couple that are on a mission to help other couples as they learn to love, honor, and cherish each other in all stages of marriage. My name is Heath Yearwood. And I'm Amanda Yearwood. And thanks for joining us as we laugh together and share our story together in hopes that we can be an encouragement to you. Welcome back to another episode of Mission LHC. We're so happy to have some guests with us today. We've got Marty and Angie Hardman from out at Fairview joining us today to tell us a little bit about their life and and everything they've experienced, some of uh, some details maybe about their marriage and growing up. So we're excited to hear more about you. Well, hey, we're really blessed to have them here today. I've known Marty for many years. Uh, I was a little bit younger than him, so I, didn't, I was kind of like we had the Adams on there, and I didn't get to play on the field a whole lot with Scott. I got to run plays in here or there, but he was playing, and Marty's kind of the same way. I was a 10th grader when you were probably a senior. What, I graduated in 87. What yeah, year? I graduated in 85. Okay, so Kevin Sullins from our mm-hmm. school is about your same age. But one thing I remember about Marty and, and being at Fairview, they were the first ones I almost ever see that would wear single-digit numbers. And Marty wore number one. And that was the... Okay, that really dated you because I really don't remember a time when we didn't have single-digit numbers. Well, that's why I married a baby and, and, <laughs> yeah. and you're younger than that. But I do remember that. Y'all had single digits, and we were still, the lowest number we had was 10. Mm-hmm. And when we, then then my junior year, we added, I think it was my junior year, we added single digit numbers then uh, coming in. But y'all were the first. I remember seeing y'all have them. That was the first number one ever at yep. Fairview. Oh. <laughs> so, but you're forgetting our youth days. Oh, yeah. Because we were both so short, we could actually, actually cover could. someone our size. That's <laughs> it. And, it. and at Jones Chapel, where I played, you would. Uh, it, we didn't have enough kids to play, so they always laugh. We would play mm-hmm. the fourth grade, the fifth grade, and the sixth grade game. So I did play against Marty. In, yes. uh, so you would play three games in a row? Yes. At Jones Chapel, oh, we goodness. would. Now, we wouldn't get to play down. <laughs> But I was about two years younger, so they would let us play up a lot of times, and we had a pretty good little bunch, so we yeah. we could actually play and help out a little bit, so they used us sometimes. <laughs> and uh, I do remember Angie being in school and all was there, and, and uh, Marty and Angie, uh, will let, just tell us a little bit about your, yourselves, and then about your family. And uh, Okay, um, as you said, I'm Marty Hardman, my wife Angie. We've been married 29 years. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's big. And so we have a daughter, Lily, that's 24, and she's teaching at Hansville. And she's the new volleyball coach. Uh-huh. Oh, congratulations! Excited about that. Now, what grade does she teach? She teaches eighth grade, and eighth. she's oh, teaching what, that's a tough age. <laughs> math and that new uh, STEM class. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm not sure what yeah. that's awesome. awesome. Career preps. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Sophie, the baby, she's 19, and. Uh, we think she goes to Wallace, but she's only had one class that's met due to COVID. Hey, oh. COVID so has changed everything. Yes, yes. Uh, well, that's so, good. Uh, now, what is she majoring in? Does we do yet? not know. Yeah, I, she, I understand. Uh, we have one that's really outgoing and talks all the time and one that's very quiet and reserved. Well, so. we understand that. We've got two kids, and it's fi- funny how they can come from the same parents, but so different in personalities with things. Yeah, I decided today that, unfortunately, our kids... Both 
uh, inherited some of my worst traits. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no. no, they. I think they no. got a lot of the, the those characteristics from us, both good and bad. But um, but no, we uh, like I said, we grew up playing ball against each other and seeing them in high school. I went to West Point. Marty again went to Fairview. And then, you know, kind of our lives are very similar that uh, I started teaching. Did, now, you've always been at Fairview, or did you, was you somewhere else before Fairview? I've been at Fairview for 54 years. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I got out of school, I went to Wallace to take drafting. Mm-hmm. And I'd done that for a little bit, and I was helping uh, coach. I was a volunteer coach. And so I always wanted to coach, so I got back into school. Angie paid my way through school for a few years. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Worked his way through school. And so uh, they hired me out there. My first year was an aide. Mm-hmm. And then I got the sixth grade history job. Mr. Patilla and Mr. Heatherly hired me out there and been out there ever the, since. The rest is history. So, so you are probably in what year now uh, in education? This is starting my 28th year. 28. So I had a little bit late start based on my age. Now I got ahead of you a little bit. Yes. I mean, I'll, this is year 31 for me. And so, uh, but I did the same thing, went to West Point, but now I grew up at Jones Chapel for nine years, so you, that's the difference. You've been at Fairview all those years. Yes. I at least was, I just went in 10th grade to West Point, started coaching when I was in college, kind of the way you did, and then got hired and, and never changed, you know, and that's kind of unique nowadays. A lot of people move around, you know, the, the generation that we have now, it's almost, you, you move around, you change a lot, and, uh. You know, but a lot of those things were, I guess, kind of what we will talk about later on. You know, your family and how you were raised and stuff. Sometimes loyalty was big, and uh, Fairview meant a lot to you. Like West Point means a lot to me. And uh, you know, I know right now with you being the principal in the elementary, uh, it, things, little things, mean a lot, and, and had a lot of pride with it. And uh, so you originally started out as a drafting major down. Does isn't that what your brother does? He, Is that he, right? Yes, and he uh, worked in the industry for uh, fifteen to twenty years, maybe Angie. Mm-hmm. And then now he's teaching at Wallace. He okay. teach, teaching. He's the head of the mm-hmm. department down there. That's so. that's where I've met him and seen him before. I mean, of course, yeah. I've seen him at ball games and stuff, but I'm pretty sure I've seen him down there yeah. when we take kids on tours so and also small world there you knew her brother-in-law brian perry yes brian went down to wallace about the same time he was about the same age as you that's where i met him was in the drafting program at wallace Mm -hmm. and todd had finished ahead of us because he's two years older than me but they hired him like as a almost like a ga Mm -hmm. so he was teaching us while we were in the program. Wow. So, but that's how I got to know. Now Brian. y'all didn't try to get away with anything with him, did you? No, because the <laughs> he was uh, just the like the GA. So yeah. Mr. White, the, the, the director of the program, he kept us in line pretty good. Well, and y'all probably played a lot of intramural ball down at oh, Wallace yes. and everything. Yeah. Yes. Now, um, so you two guys, y'all dated in high school. Is that correct? Yes. Did uh, when did y'all start dating? Uh, Angie, I'm horrible at dates. Uh, all I know is uh, someone. She was so smart and quiet and reserved. So and you I'm sat like, by her. No, no and I'm like, <laughs> no. And I thought that, he was arrogant and cocky yeah. and <laughs> sports. Guy. That part's coming, Heath. But however, someone mentioned something about her and me, and I knew her, you know. But I was like, she, she won't have nothing to do with me. So when they mentioned that we made it a ball game 
and she looked like one of the Charlie Angels, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, yeah. But however, it was our first date was to the East West All Star Basketball Game at Hansville. Nice. Sure was, was this your and senior year? And that's been year? our date every no, no, it was before. <laughs> that was before. I guess I, we were maybe, fifteen. You just turned. I had 16. just turned sixteen. Now, are y'all so in the same grade? Or she's a, she's a grade behind me. She's October. Yeah. So, but then. Of course, we had, it was kind of rocky because I was not the best boyfriend in the world. Right. Shamefully, I must yes. admit. But she stuck with me. Uh, but she got me through a lot of classes the last <laughs> few years. That's of nice. school, you know. So, uh, yeah, I have a lot of degrees. So did you change? Did you change your opinion of him? You know, you how you first came yeah. in. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Absolutely. Obviously. Well, Marty was one of the best ball players at whatever sport. Marty was good, and. Uh, so and then, and then Fairview girls, we always talk about this. Amanda's heard oh, yeah. me talk. Fairview always had the pretty cheerleaders. <laughs> they always had always had the hair, and uh, you could always count on that mm-hmm. as you were going through there. And then the, the Fairview boys were the ones, the first ones that had the long hair that you remember seeing. It was yeah. the, now the mullets have come back. No, yeah. so so did you sport the long hair sweatbands? Did you have sweatbands? No, bands? but we had it permed. Also. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What about the short shorts for basketball? Oh yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yep. You had the sweatbands? Oh, I thought she said headbands. No. no. Well, sweatbands well, sweat oh, yeah. were number one good. on yeah. it. Yeah. You had to look good, had oh, a yeah. towel and everything. You know, hey, good. The, I will football. say this. Marty has always said, it's not how well you play, it's how good you look while you're doing it. <laughs> well, and, and, and see, then years later, Marty and I end up playing men's softball together. Yeah. And we always liked Marty because Marty was real big with Mickey Spiegel, who was the owner. And uh, Marty kept us looking good always. Yes. We had nice yes. uniforms, and Marty was the, the one that would pick everything out for us. And if we'd get a jacket or we'd get a bag or something, it was always Marty who yeah. was picking everything out. Were you playing softball when we got yes. married? I played for a long time, but I was working for Mickey also. Probably mm-hmm. before you. I don't think we worked together there. Did you? Yeah, we did, we did some. some. But when... Uh, during that time, I was trying to get out of playing because it was consuming way too much. Mm-hmm. But Mickey, you know, he was, I was working for him, and he was wanting me to do it, so I pretty much started trying to manage the team. Yeah. I would, I'd play catcher or something because I was just spent with Then Marty would come in there, and we wouldn't be getting hits, and Marty would come in there, and he'd get him a base hit, and he'd tell us anybody get a base <laughs> hit, he'd have to let us know about it. So he was a, he was a coaching already helping. He was the assistant coach. Oh, but um, so we worked there during the summers a lot of times. You know, teachers, you got some time, and you might have been even in school a little bit at the time. But um, Angie, you mentioned right there that you that was about your whole life has been dates at some form of a ball field, and but you knew that's kind of Marty. That was who you know. It wasn't like that's it was right. a surprise. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know, a lot of people go into situations, and we've talked about that. You know, you see young coaches that their wife never goes to a ball game. You never see them or whatever. That has to be a stress on the marriage because the resentment and stuff come. And even in our situation, Amanda talks about, there was times that, you know, I'm spending time with somebody else's kid, and she's raising them. You've been there before, but we also realize it's kind of a calling, a mission field that we're in and uh, something we enjoy. That's a hard thing, like, just to look at how much time you were spending with other people's kids and then the struggle at home trying to raise our own kids. And and most of the time I could keep a lid on it, but there were a couple of times that I couldn't. And, uh, 
there were a couple of times in particular at ball games that I lost my cool, but um, one t- one time in particular I remember very vividly in football um, that I they weren't even yelling about you. You weren't even the head coach, but this guy just carried on, carried on, carried on. And our oldest Blake was a lap baby. I mean, like he was that small. And I turned around and I don't know what all I said, but I let him have it. <laughs> Unloaded. And of course, then the stands were just quiet except for the Snickers, you know, the under the breast Snickers. But, you know, it. She it's was just defending tough. somebody yeah. we both know about and care about, Coach Oaks. Oh, and yeah. so uh, Coach yeah. Oaks was the coach at that point. And, you know, when you're yeah. always the head coach, it's always your fault. You know, it's yeah. kind of like mm-hmm. it, you, your assistant's always the, the one yeah. that's like the backup quarterback at Alabama or wherever. You know, that's always the next person. But this yeah. time she told the guy, basically, you go out and get you a degree and you can get out there and do it too if you've got enough guts well, about it. degree's you. not what I told him to yeah. get. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know all of those well, guys. We all do that. I don't mean to take up time, but Coach Smith, when he was there, and Mark Moore, and all of us, and I think I—I I don't know that I was full time at this, but however, Coach Moore was complaining. There's a guy in the stands. He's always yeah, 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 yeah. And Coach Smith never heard him. Never heard him. So we go to play at Holly Pond. And you know how close yeah. those bleachers are. Mm-hmm. Well, it gets quiet, and he hollers something. Come on, that you know. And he turned it around to Mark. Said, "What is?" It? And Mark said, "That's the guy." I've been telling you about for three weeks. <laughs> I was afraid you was going to say it was Todd. No. <laughs> Daffer was ready to go toe-to-toe with the guy then. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, so, Coach Smith, yeah. and, you know, that kind of leads into a little bit where we're at here. You know, the whole purpose and kind of the mission that we have by what we're doing is everybody's got a story, and so we've talked about your marriage stories a little bit. What led you guys into education, or you're into education? What led you into it, or, or who's been some influences in both of your lives over the years? Well, my father was a school trustee, so we were always at school. Something involved school or church. That's all we did. And so my mother was a sub before I could start school. My brother Todd's two years older than me, and our sister Lakita is five years She's six years older. Six years older than me. So I'm glad you have Angie. And that during (laughs) that time, my mother would go to sub, and she would take me to school with her. Right. (laughs) And so I would go to Todd's class. Oh yeah. So uh, my second grade teacher was his second grade teacher, and she always said, "I've had you for two years (laughs) before you even got here." So, uh, but I've just always been around it. Always loved ball. Invested in it. It's probably what I know more than anything. But my coaches took on big roles for me after my father passed. So those Bob Moody, he had a lot of confidence in me. Because sometimes people get jealous because he was real protective of me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, Stanley Burden, Wendell Calloway, uh, Coach Nugent that was our head mm-hmm. football coach. Uh, all those guys really looked out for him. Mr. Batilla did, too, and right. Mr. Heatherly. They took a lot of interest in me. And so they were a big influence on why I decided to pursue it. Because I didn't have the self-confidence to do it right out of high school. I just didn't think I could manage the college and all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. believe it or not, as cocky and arrogant as everybody thought I was, 
behind that with some well most know, most of the time yeah. that's what mm-hmm. people we do overcompensate now they say it with me and marty we always like to guard each other we're both on the short side of it <laughs> uh they they call it the little man syndrome yeah. so we had to act like we was pretty tough because we had to play with a chip on our shoulders yeah. because we were the smallest out there and uh, of course i had a big brother looking out for me too. yeah that's so, good. We matter of fact, when I was a tenth grader, we didn't get to play much because you know I was right. I probably weighed one hundred and fifteen pounds because mm-hmm. I graduated. I weighed one hundred twenty two pounds. Right, wow. it's something. changed. <laughs> but we were playing at Mortimer Jordan, and it was cold, and we and so we were getting beat. So they're letting us play. Well, Todd was playing safety, and they put me at cornerback. Right. So the ball was going to the other side, and you know how you go on the angles. Yep. They had this tight end, and he was just trying to. Mall, maybe. <laughs> so about the third time, Todd said in the huddle, he said, "When the ball snap, you cover. You just sprint to safety. <laughs> just sprint." And I said, well, "He said, I don't care what you do. You cover for me because I'm fixing to take care of this." I take this ball snap. I do what my brother says, and that guy's chasing me. He never sees my big brother. <laughs> he hits him under the chin. He, these ladies don't understand it. They had to tote the guy off the field. So you know, my, bro- my brother looking yeah, out. So. Well, that's, that's a good story. Yeah. Angie, in your life, who's been some influential people that you've had, whether it was any teacher that you was in school or parents or what, if you had anybody that's been influential for you? Well, you know, there's lots of people that are have been influential to me. Um, my parents, uh, I come from a very poor home, and my mother was in Child Haven. Right. She was in the orphanage, and... My uh, dad comes from a really large family of 12. Wow. And um, his father died when he was eight. Mm -hmm. My mother's mother died when she was 12, and her dad couldn't take care of them. So both of them have been pretty much a rock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom always has told me um, I can do anything I want to do. Yeah. My dad's always told me nothing in this life is free free nothing so hard work so you have to work and so both Mm -hmm. of them have uh honesty integrity and working hard right Mm -hmm. and so how many brothers and sisters do you have i have um a younger brother um philip gay Mm -hmm. you know i know philip well and uh candy martin candy gay um my younger sister and all of my family um we didn't grow up going to church right um I mean, I did grow up going to church, but it wasn't because my parents took me. It was because my aunt took me, my dad's sister. And so um, she was very influential to me. You know, you can look back in life and see where God has worked out different things Mm -hmm. and put people in your life for a reason. Right. And um, she was there for that reason. And, then, and God has that. You know, we talk about the Holy Spirit guides so many things. You know, we've got some stories that's kind of like that, that Amanda had an aunt that, and we'll share this on a story at some point, but Amanda had an aunt that just kind of just like somebody she looked up to a whole lot. Yeah, uh, yeah she was very influential in my life, and um, she never had any children of her own. So my sister and I were the closest to children that she had, and we lost her in 2009. And uh, that was tough because she was such a big part 
sure. of our lives. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, but how God kind of worked things out. Blake and them started playing uh, TVBA. It's basketball. Instead of the county league, they played in this travel league. Well, guess where every game was? It happened to be in the Florence area. <laughs> We've been there and done All right. that. Well, yeah. guess what? Her aunt got to yeah. come and see Blake and them's games. And this was before she knew that she had cancer and yeah. she had pancreatic cancer. She did. Mm. It was just amazing to look back at the the couple of years before she passed away at how God had created these opportunities for me to to spend more time with her than I had been able to in, in the past several years. Because once we were grown and married, we didn't see her as much. And um, those last couple of years she was with us, it seemed like there were so many opportunities that the kids were playing ball up there or in a math tournament up there or something was happening that we got to go see her or she got to come see our kids play ball and spend that time. And I wouldn't take anything for that time yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Then Amanda and her sister ended up, since she had no children, they ended up being there in the last few days with her a whole lot and going back and forth. And But it really meant a whole lot to them. And we won't go into details a whole lot, but I just I know y'all's family's going through a lot right now. Uh, Angie's dad is uh, you know pretty bad at this point, and I just appreciate them being able to be here. But you're in our thoughts and prayers, and um, you know I'm glad that we do have a Lord that does kind of put people in our paths to help us in those times. And you know I didn't know that about your mom being you know from the orphanage and all, and you know that's that's a big thing in Coleman. That you know we're we're blessed that we have orphanages here. You know the child haven that's able to take care and do different things. And so if you're out there and you hear this, you know we we've talked about foster care with the Adams, and we mm-hmm. you know here we're talking about there's such a need there's out there, and um, you know I know y'all have all been very involved in your community with all kind of things and, and stuff. So I know that's that's been big. Now, Angie, you you don't teach, but it feels like you should because yeah. you're always at every every event, every yeah. ball game. So, what do you do in your day job? Well, um, that's another huge influence in my life. You know, um, when I was, I've worked my whole life. You know, like I said, we didn't have a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. so we the kids would we would work in the fields all summer long and to raise money right. for our school clothes for mm-hmm. that fall. I mean, you know, and so. Whenever I was able to start working, I, I worked my senior year at night free insurance. Mm-hmm. I started working there when I was 17. I've been wow. there 36 years this wow. month. Um, and Elliot Free, who owns that uh, business, you know, he was a huge father. You know, uh, my father cannot be replaced. Right. But Elliot also was a big impact in my life because of what he, um, the things that they taught me mm-hmm. and you know i know that my life is forever changed because of him and because of um where i work right you know it gave me opportunities that i probably would not have been given if i had not been placed there you know yep. um just like you know going back to my parents my my parents met because my mother became friends with my dad's nieces and they couldn't stand that she was at Child Haven. Right. Brought her home to oh, their home. Wow. And that's where my father and mother met. That's a, that's a good story there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you just see where I see where I, I could have very easily went to Vinemont from where my mm-hmm. parents were going to live but couldn't get this place worked out. 
Right. Mm-hmm. So they ended up where they're at, and I ended up at Fairview, you know. And with so, Mr. Fairview. With Mr. Yeah. Fairview. Yeah, exactly. She, she exactly. did point at me one ago. Yes, yeah, yeah. she did point. Yeah. That was the other one that was the influence. Yes, yes. Well, you know, exactly. That, exactly. And that's, that's the, we all have people like that. You know, recently, um, if y'all get a chance, Billy Coleman's got a book that's out there that's just, he had a book, he was released years ago, but it's been re-released, it's been picked up, and uh, we're going to try to have him uh, on here, it's a, is it called to Live? Uh-huh. And so I encourage if you get a chance to look at it, uh, it's, it's great, and uh, we're going to try to have him on here to talk about it. And uh, he was kind of that person, you know, just the way he lived his life and, and kind of you could see Christ through him. And, you know, you talk about your Christian lives. Uh, tell me, you know, a little bit about that, uh, you know, when you were saved or, or, or situations. You talk about, you know, Angie, you talk about your aunt mm-hmm. taking you to church. Was mm-hmm. there a point when you realized that you were a sinner and you were lost? Sure, absolutely. Um, and also, you know, I started out my... My, my parents didn't go, but my mother, she started going and, right. and, you know, and she was a Sunday school teacher and everything. And so, um, but it was on her, I can't ever remember what night it was on, but it was a revival, yeah, a revival man, night. I'm always that. We used to a sing a song night. we had to stand yes, on. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think it stood exactly. on a different day all the time. I know. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. I, I was 11 years old. I, we go back to decoration at Flint Creek Baptist Church every year because that's where my people are mm-hmm. buried. And every year, you know, I can take my kids to that place. place. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, and that's the challenge that people... When we tell our stories, the whole thing is if we tell our story and it makes someone think about it, they don't have a story. That's the challenge we sure. want them to we want them to, you know, for a long time, you know, you don't want to be a Bible thumper. You don't want to do this, you don't want to do that. But what's happened is now less than fifty percent of the country are Christian. It's because we are so called Christians, we're not doing what we're supposed to do in the world saying this is a lot better. But we all know that's not true. And, you know, it's amazing, maybe because your aunt took you to church. Absolutely. Your mama started going to church because she saw y'all doing this. And that's the big thing. A lot of times we don't know what influences what. And, uh, you know, which come first, the chicken or the egg, who knows. Mm-hmm. But kind of like that. And then your mom, look at what she was doing and all mm-hmm. that. And, you know, I guarantee you growing up with your mom being like that, and you talk about, I think we're better off sometimes to not have had as much when we were little. I share a story about my dad and them all the time. We would go and get a hamburger every once in a while in town, but my mom and daddy wouldn't get a hamburger. I just thought it was because mom and daddy wasn't hungry. Now, looking back, my daddy was the only one working. And I don't think we probably had money a lot of times. We were They were just getting by. And they got me a hamburger. They were sacrificing. And uh, but you know my daddy taught me those that hard work ethic and different things, and um, you know so that's something that's that's been big there. Uh, Marty, you, your situation, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, when we grew up playing peewee ball, I remember going to Fairview and I remember seeing a man out there that was kind of over the association. He was always real nice. He was nice to me. I was from another school. And I will say this, in the old gym, I thought Fairview's gym was the biggest coliseum I'd ever seen. Now, when y'all play volleyball out there, mm-hmm. and I know that gym means a lot to you, even, because that's your, is that y'all's middle school gym, or y'all use it with a volleyball, but you take a lot of pride in that gym, and it's probably because a lot of those memories that you have 
going back there. Oh, yes. We call it the old gym. Yeah. Some of the new people out there call it the middle school gym, but it's yeah. still the old gym. Well, me. that was at West Point. But, we ran into a situation like that that was confusing. We had the old gym that the fire burned, and when they made it, fixed it back up, it looked better than the other oh, one. Yeah. So it was confusing when we called it the old gym and new gym, so we had to rename it the auditorium. <laughs> yeah. So we don't have a real auditorium like Fairview. Now yeah. it's the auditorium and the big gym. In the big gym. <laughs> right. But uh, so, yeah, you're very involved. Now, Marty, you've got a brother and a sister. Your brother, Todd, was involved in sports a lot and everything, wasn't he? Yes. He... Uh, Two years ahead of me, pretty much the same story I have. His teams uh, had some struggles. Yeah. Uh, during that time period, we were not very successful. He started as a ninth grader, which was very uncommon back in those days. So, uh, and then we have a sister, and she played a little basketball. Mm-hmm. But she was always having to babysit us, so she didn't have much time to put into the uh, practicing and the training that we did because that's all we did i'm telling you it's all me and todd did yeah so but now were her and edwin were they married when you were they they were you weren't in school still no 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 i was out of school i I just thought they might have been when you were in school now they end up having a daughter that played softball softball at uab and that's what i was thinking she went to colvin and then played at uab And I, I remember seeing them and, and your brother-in-law, he kind of got you tied in a little bit. Marty you, helps out at UAB. What do you do there? Uh, he and I are what they call headset coordinators. Somebody's got to do it, so right? Somebody's got to do it. And we're basically, we're just hooking those things up and handing them out to the coaches. And during the games, we're wearing one each also. He's mm-hmm. on the field and I'm up top. Because right. it's always air-conditioned up top, you know. Well, <laughs> And so we're monitoring that during the game, and then it's just basically like we're on the staff. Yeah, so and, uh, yeah, and uh, we're going to end up talking about that a little bit more in our part two of this episode, and we're gonna, we'll are gonna we talk about that. But then we're going to talk about, you know, probably a, a one of the most impactful points in, in, in your life. There was an event that took place that probably from that point has shaped your life a lot. And uh, we're going to come back and we're going to focus in on that. And uh, we'll have some other laughs and, and stories as we go. But, uh, Randa, you got yeah. anything? So we'll, we'll stop this episode here, but we're going to pick back up with the rest of Marty's story.